0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Double View Wrestling Podcast, a weekly podcast where we are re-watching AEW from the very start. And we're all the way up to Dynamite Episode Four. I am the retired UK Brit wrestler formerly known as Trigger Man, now known simply as Sid. With me as always is superstar Pete Andrews.
1: Well hello there.
0: Also known as Pete. Yes. Join us today as we look at Dynamite Episode 4. It's explosive! <laughs> it sure is. But before we get into all that, Pete. Hello. What is your favourite foreign object of all time? And it can be an international object.
1: Well, yes. Favourite foreign object. I suppose because I'm such a Triple H fan, I should say sledgehammer. But it, it um, it's not because that's just ridiculous. Um, because he doesn't waffle people with it. he just puts his hand over it and then hits people with it, which defeats the point of using a sledgehammer. I'm just going to go with the trusty old
0: steel chair, you know. It's it's tried and tested. It's versatile. It's yeah. available from Ikea. I don't know if that's true. Um, but yeah, it, it serves its purpose. So for those not in the know, uh, during the 90s, Ted Turner decided that foreign object was perhaps xenophobic. So they were ordered to call all foreign objects international objects on WCW-TV with a straight face <laughs> while the company was losing millions of dollars. So Yeah. I think my favourite foreign object of all time. I've got a few. Go on. The sign picture of Scott Hall. Quality. That was pretty good. That was that was another WCW classic. Yeah. Buff Bagwell's mum, does she count? Because she was Judy Bagwell. Yeah, why not? Former tag team champion. Brilliant. I wonder why that company went downhill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think my favorite international object of all time is probably the stop sign. From WWE No Mercy, the video game on Nintendo sixty four. Okay, yeah, that's good. Nice and big. It just had a good good sound. Yeah, a good clang. Or the bell, actually. Yeah. The bell the bell is an international object. If you ring the bell all the time. Mm-hmm. We famously had a Match in Bower, which was a what did we call it? it? It turned into the teabag challenge, and it was <laughs> yeah. the winner was whoever could teabag their opponent the most. It was between suicidal Jones and another one that wasn't as good, and yeah, there were a, an awful lot of teabagging, and we got into the habit of every time there was a teabag, <laughs> we'd we'd hit the bell in time to the teabagging.
1: Yeah, and the Bower bell, what wasn't a traditional wrestling style bell? It was like a proper curved
0: bell wasn't it that had the word titanic on it yeah yeah the rumor was it was a bell from the actual titanic which i doubt yeah
1: well my my, my granddad gave it us because he, he used to have all manner of things if you asked him for something he'd probably had it i was like granddad if you got a bell we could use and he bought that out he goes well, that too i was like well it's better than the bell we've got which is none and Then i saw titan I was like, it's, not, it's not from the titanic is it goes, who's to know so you know, a little mystery there that we'll never really know. Was your granddad on the Titanic? <laughs> he
0: might have been. Known him probably.
1: From and he's going
0: down, and he's like, "Oh, I could save those women. I could save those children. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, that bell might be useful in a few years. We might need that for a back garden wrestling promotion. It sounds like take it. Yeah,
1: could have happened.
0: So before we get into episode four of Dynamite, let's have a quick look back at. Dark episode three. Uh, we said last week we set ourselves a bit of homework. Mm. Did you go back and watch any of this, or or were you alright keeping it in your memory?
1: No, no, I didn't rewatch it just because it, it's just too much, and I've done
0: it once. I don't, I didn't need to do it again. Yeah, that's fair. So I did the Kenny Omega Joey Janela lights out match, pretty much what you expected, but I'm glad I did because. Uh, there's, that's that's a bit of a throwback when you uh, get to episode four of Dynamite, yes, as we yeah. do. I did watch the, um, the Strongheart private party match against Young Bucks mm-hmm. and Cody and Dustin, and that was a really good, fun match. Yeah, it was good. I remember it being good. Absolutely layered with what I call indie-fed comedy spots. Yes, which is always good. Yeah, it's stuff you don't usually see on TV. It's mm. definitely the more camper side of stuff lots of lots of round the the waist wrist locks and then like reversed and reversed and reversed and hmm. someone running off the ropes looking like they're going to dive out but they just keep running off the ropes forever um that's that was njf doing that and he wasn't even in the match so. <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> um i was surprised the bucks didn't get the win back in that match ah, their team yeah, yeah, did yeah. win but it was dustin who got the um we got the pinfall. Yes, glad I did that though, because that goes straight into the beginning of Dynamite episode four, and we are into the semi-finals of the tag team tournament. We are, uh, and literally they're already in the ring as the, the show opens. So two skirt and jerking, advert jerking, whatever it is we call that when you don't even get an entrance.
1: Dynamite didn't even get an entrance. It didn't have the intro on the, the feed that I watched on fight. It was literally started with wrestlers in the ring.
0: Yeah, it was it was hit the ground running. Yeah. It was a bit odd for me to go straight from a private party tag match to a private party tag match mm. which had a bit more stakes in it and was a bit more serious as private party against the Lucha Bros. Indeed it was. Give us a quick little run-through of the match from your perspective. So, I don't
1: like to be down on wrestlers and wrestling, but I didn't like this match. I thought Private Party looked awful in it. They just didn't lay anything in. All their sort of strikes and their moves just looked so soft, and it, it seemed very rehearsed to me. I know, obviously, in wrestling you do rehearse certain things, but for me, you could kind of tell Private Party were thinking what we've got to do next, what we've got to do next, and everything they did seemed kind of slow. And I guess maybe that's because they're against the Luchas, who are known for being quite quick. But the private party weren't like that against the Bucks, who are another sort of quick team. And they just they just felt, yeah, they, they didn't look professional in that match to me.
0: Yeah, I kind of noticed the same thing, and I thought perhaps that the Lucha bros had kind of said to them, don't, don't lay it in stiff on us, or we'll lay it in stiff on you. Because it, it did look like Private Party were a little afraid to touch them at times. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. I mean, the Luchas are they never seem to shy away from hard hitting spots. So I don't know if that would have been the case. It was just really weird. It it just I remember, and it it took me back to the time when I watched it, and I remember at the time going, "Oh, that's not a good showing for a Private Party, who had this really strong start in the company." And to me, this was just like, oh, I don't know what's happened with you guys here.
0: Yeah, it is definitely an odd one. I mean, there's there's plenty in it to still enjoy, but there, it is with Central. There's a lot mm. of stuff that doesn't, clearly doesn't even come close to connecting. Yeah, um, yeah, And it does, we're in this point now where the bloom's a little bit off the rose. Uh, mm. we, we've seen all these guys multiple times now. There's not much new to be had just from a Lucha Brothers tag match. Yeah, and it's not strong with the psychology. They're just meeting each other, sort of matter of fact. Mm -hmm. The good news with this match, of course, is that the Lucha Brothers did win, as predicted. Yeah, they are clearly building towards something with SCU, Mm -hmm. and I think uh, at one point this tag team tournament was wide open when Private Party knocked out the Young Bucks, and that was their big moment that made them. Yeah, yeah. But at this point. It's sort of a foregone conclusion that it's going to be SCU versus Lucha Brothers. Yes,
1: yeah, because they would built this big story, haven't they, with Lucha's attacking SCU, especially uh, Christopher Daniels. So yeah, it had it had telegraphed a lot of it, which is a shame because, like you say, it had started a bit. Oh, anything could happen in this tournament. To well, this is what's going
0: to happen in the space of like a week. One one other thing that I'm going to point out from this is a good uh, commentary call from Jr. Talking about private party, saying amazing highlights that will never get old. <laughs> Three years on, where a private party now? Well, wow. yeah, they they look so tired. Yes, yeah,
1: they've yeah, they've not really set the world on fire either, have they? They. It's weird with private party. They they eventually get teamed up with Matt Hardy, and then broken away from him, and then now they're kind of going back to team of Matt Hardy, which is a good thing, you know, Matt Hardy's a renowned, amazing tag team wrestler, and if you've got a tag team you want to bring on, you can do worse than pairing them up with Matt Hardy. But yeah, it just seems private party never seemed to get going, get any momentum behind them.
0: Well they've gone they've gone from Matt Hardy to Andrade and back again. Yeah. Maybe the original black tag team of AEW shouldn't have white owners <laughs> that's a good point yeah one of them needs to kick the other one through a barbershop window before <laughs> it's too late for either of them to recover yeah true
1: well actually they're part of um i can't even remember the name of the faction the firm they're part of that now aren't they because they lost their contracts to that ethan page match and ethan page won and so, yeah they're kind of unwilling members of the firm now
0: oh brilliant so they're owned by someone else that's me i'm a little behind actually i haven't seen this week's rampage as we talk in 2022 so okay um don't don't worry about the spoiler that's fine it was a choice of watch the dark matches Mm -hmm. uh so we could discuss them on the the pod or do rampage and i thought let's go professional let's let's keep it on the pod and then you give me a big fat spoiler. Thanks very much. <laughs> that,
1: that was last week, know, not even this week. So oh, that's it? your own fault. Yeah.
0: Hang on, shit. Did I see that?
1: When they were in Canada. Had the main event of um, FTR and Sean Spears against some other people. Brian Cage and those two big lads from Ring of Honor.
0: Yeah, I did see that. That's how much that stuck in my head. <laughs> wow. No, I have seen that. Oh, well. So we go straight from a tag team tournament match where Lucha Brothers go all over... To a quick little Wardlow segment, which is just hashtag Wardlow is coming.
1: Yeah, that's our first appearance of Wardlow in
0: All Elite Wrestling. Slightly unfortunate hashtag. Mm, yeah. Well, maybe he was though, we, we don't know. Well, there's a lot of close-up on his face while he's grunting and straining. So he could, so have, been, could have been coming. Maybe maybe Wardlow was yeah. coming. On the way, um, yeah. So anyway, straight from a tag match <laughs> into another tag team semi-final match. Yeah, is there nothing they could have done to broken this up? It felt like they were just trying to get it out of the way.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, it was very much, oh shit, we've got this tournament, let's just get it done, and then we can move on to other stuff. It It's like they've lost interest in it before it even finished.
0: They just want to get to the finish, I feel.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, they they could have broken it up. There's a couple of like singles matches on this show that could have fit quite nicely between these two, but... Not to
0: be. Yeah, really. Any of the matches other than the main event could have could have mm. gone in the second slot, and it would have probably helped the flow a little bit. Um, or even if SCU had done a run out against the Lucha Brothers, and then they yeah. were still ringside, got an Argy bargi, and then Dark Order come out, so there's a bit for flow to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, true.
0: That that would have been nice, but they didn't do that. Instead, we just get SCU, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpius guy um, coming out for a straight cold tag match against Dark Order Mm -hmm. now it's a weird one this one because like I said we're pretty certain at this point it's going to be SCU versus Lucha Brothers in the final Yes. so sort of why put Dark Order in the tag team tournament at all, you're giving them a bye to the second round where they instantly get knocked out at the end of the match that's a good point, yeah I've forgotten about that and they're sort of on the build with Dark Order like it doesn't I don't know, Yeah. I think it possibly hurt them having them in it and getting beaten clean.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see in coming weeks how Dark Order does. Kind of, it jumps the shark a little bit. It doesn't quite work, and it does take Brody coming in to fix it. Um, mm. But it it does become a bit of a a wet fart um, for the next sort of few months. But we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll come to that. But yeah, it, this is obvious. This was very much the start of the Dark Order thing. Not quite going how it planned, I think. I think they, they had better plans for it and they kind of dropped the ball with them a bit. Um, and this is kind of the start of that.
0: That's the thing, with with a team like this, you, you need to commit and make sure it works. Yeah. Otherwise, it does just look a bit silly, especially with the Creepers. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll get to that in the future. Let's, let's, let's stay with this match for now. SCU versus Dark Order, semi-final tag match. Um, interesting note from JR as he points out that he thinks... Scorpio Sky was last week's MVP. Nice. So we were right because that's what yeah. we said. <laughs> yeah. And If JR says it, it's got to be right. What were your feelings on this match, Peter? This was more like it for me. I thought this
1: is a really, really good tag match. This has got um, two guys I really like in it. Uh, Scorpio Sky, we've sort of spoken about how we both really enjoy Scorpio stuff um, since we've sort of started the podcast. But um, Stu Grayson I think's really underrated. I think he's really, really good. And it's a shame that he never quite got his his chance in aw he's since left he was again he was on that uh canadian dynamite but I, I think that was just like a a one-off appearance due to the fact that he is canadian but he he looked great in this match. i thought he was really showing what he's capable of um he does some really really lays it in he does some really impressive things for a guy his size um and again scorpio just always looks fantastic he's just so crisp uh, at Everything he does, he's definitely one of my guys, Scorpio Sky. I, I hope when he's back, I think he's dealing with a bit of an injury at the minute. That's why he's not been around. When he's back, he gets to pick up where he left off because he was he was doing really well. He had a bit of that bit of a problem with winning the TNT title, dropping it, winning it, um, but they obviously had some faith in him um just before he got hurt. So yeah, I'm hoping good things for Scorpio. But yeah, but back to this tag match, it was it was really good. It it kept the momentum. Everyone worked really hard. Everyone laid it in. Um Uno and Stew, they're a good tag team together. They've been team for a long time. Um SCU normally the team was Frankie and uh Daniels, but Scorpio just filled that role. He, obviously he was part of the faction anyway, but he wasn't so much um one of the the main tag guys for the the team. He was either trios or singles. But yeah, him and Frankie just worked so, so well together. And uh, I loved it. I thought it was a great
0: match. So for me, um, it's a bit of a cold match at the start, which is not Mm. a problem because that's that's wrestling. You're allowed that. Mm -hmm. Um, And you could see clearly all four people were putting a lot of effort in and they just start to get the crowd on their side. They just start to get a bit of momentum for the match. And then the focus for the whole match completely changes. Oh, yes, of course. Jericho and the Inner Circle come out.
1: Yeah, that is always... I thought that when watching. I was like, couldn't you just do that? You could have done that between the tag matches, couldn't you? had them come out and go up to the skybox. I guess they wanted to make it look a bit more out of the blue. But yeah, you're right. Like the fans, you could see them. The match was going on. Their, Their backs were to it. They were looking up at Jericho and his guys. And the guys in the ring were just sort of hitting each other a bit knowing you know we've got to just fill a bit of time don't do anything too crazy because no one's watching anyway it, yeah that was a shame
0: it really was because like i said they just got the crowd into it and mm. and having the entire front row at yeah. ringside with their backs to the the ring yeah not a good, not look. A good look on yeah. tv at all it just it did seem that this match was more about what was going to happen after it and, and I mean wrestling is often guilty of that anyway. Yeah. It's always it's always the second act, what's next business. So that's fine. But they do get a bit of momentum back in the ring. Once once the inner circle settle down a bit mm-hmm. and stop stop drawing all the focus away from the match, we do get a good build towards the finish. Um, SCU really pulling out all the stops at the end. Yeah, uh, They hit a double cutter where they both do a cutter more or less at the same time mm-hmm. and then they roll their opponents both through into the same submission. Yeah, Dragon whoo- Sleepers yeah. and get the win. And it, it really looks like uh, Dark Order could have been going over at, at, at that point. They did to get over here. They were just going for the fatality but SCU just a bit too on it. Yeah, And i tell you who they reminded me of in this match. They reminded me of some of the really good Lance Storm tag teams have passed. Right, yeah. Um, obviously, we've talked about the thrill seekers before when he have teamed with Jericho, but um, the Impact Players in ECW the most credible, just incredible, has ever been. Oh, for sure,
1: yeah. And he was like world champion in ECW, but yeah, the, his his tag team, the Impact Players, was way better than his his championship run for sure. So
0: one of the things they did really good with the Impact Players is they just made them savvy ring guys. They yeah, weren't necessarily yeah. the strongest; mm-hmm. they were sometimes the fastest. They weren't the most brutal, they weren't the most hardcore, but they were guys who were just, on a good day, you can't get anything past them. Yeah. And obviously SCU, we've seen a lot of them getting jumped and kind uh-huh. of buried while other people climb on top of them and set up other matches. But in this match, SCU did really look like, on a good day, they're unstoppable.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's true. There's Scorpio, obviously, he, he was the replacement for the last match. So yeah, this time he was part of the match from the get-go. He was uh, he was ready to go. Yeah, it's, it, it was good. Like you say, they just looked great and they did look like the Wiley veterans. Obviously, Kazarian is a veteran. He's been everywhere, done everything. Scorpio, a bit newer, but he didn't look out of place. He just looked like the star he is. Yeah, and I really hope he gets a, gets a good run when he gets back. I like him
0: a lot. The other thing I really liked about the end of this match, of course, it was a, a double submission. Um, but Scorpio was the legal man and he actually gets the win. Yes. So the guy who shouldn't have been in the tournament yeah, yeah. saves the day, keeps the team alive, gets the win in the second match. Fantastic. Mm. That's that's what you want. They really did keep... Um, they kept it storytelling from the first match to this match. Mm. SCU are now obviously in the final against Lucha Brothers next week, so we'll be talking about that in a week's time. Yeah, The first match, Private Party and... and um Lucha Brothers was a little bit of a stepping stone to get to this match, mm-hmm. which got a little tread on by Jericho, but it's all gonna be worth it, right, for next week. We've yes. got a big blow off tag team. Not just a tag team winner, but a tag team crowning. Yeah, first tag champs. So that's something to look forward to next week. Definitely. I like it, Mikey. <laughs> we go on to the third match of the night. It's a singles match. A bit of a rarity in AEW at times. Yeah. We have got Joey Chinella versus Kenny Omega. Now, they had that brutal lights-out 20-minute match at Dark Episode 2 a few weeks back. Yep. And obviously, that was... A Lights Out match which had no build behind it. Yes. And now, having had that match, they're having a one-on-one, normal rules, sanctioned match. Yeah, and you'd think maybe they'd go, like, let's
1: not mention the Lights Out match because it does look a bit back to front. But they, they showed highlights of it and it was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you should have done that.
0: It is an odd one. I mean, I get that they're trying to get people to watch Dark as well, but yeah, you don't yeah. want people watching Dark at the expense of Dynamite. That's... Mm, no, definitely. There's, there's, a fr- there's a phrase, I hesitate to use it because it's a Jim Cornette phrase, but Jim Cornette often talks about Tony Khan's backwards booking. Yes. And I hate to I hate to reference it and point to it in this case, mm. but... Yeah, they have got this totally the wrong way round. Yeah, yeah. Have the match on dark, and at the end of which it gets a bit heated, and there's maybe a chair shot or two that are a bit out of nowhere and uncalled for. Yeah. And then you can go into an unsanctioned match, perhaps on Dynamite, perhaps on another dark. Yeah. Building this at the same time that you're doing a a lot of stuff with Kenny Omega and Moxley, well, they won't, they Mm. beat the crap out of each other with chairs. I don't know if maybe they should have just had two straight Joey Janela, Kenny Omega matches and we were happy with the first one, so we're going to do it again on Dynamite. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. But if if, if maybe they should have just both been normal matches. Yeah, I agree. And just for the point of continuity, we will point out that in the unsanctioned lights out match, Kenny Omega did win that one. He did. Yeah, I suppose it is good for people who haven't seen it that there was highlights on this, so that's that's fine. Hmm. But normal rules, so no need to turn the lights out. Here we go.
1: Yeah, so um, two guys that I'm a big fan of Joey Janella, Especially, I, I love that guy. I don't really... I still don't really know why. I just do. There's something about him I like. Good facials as Joey Janella. For a big part of this match, I was like, oh, they're not... Joey's not getting much in, in this match. And I know Ken is the bigger star than him. But at the same time, yeah, Joey was... Kind of a bit ragdolled for a while, which yes, I know that's one of his strengths, he can get beaten up, but he eventually does get some uh, nice looking stuff in, Um, and the crowd are into it, Um, there's even a bit of dual enchanting going on in this match, which you don't necessarily expect to hear in a Kenny Omega match, unless he's against the likes of a Ocada or someone. But, you know, Kenny's a firm fan favourite. So to hear Jewel in chance, some people going for Kenny, some for Joey, was uh, quite interesting. Um, But I liked it. It it found its groove. It got going. Uh, They both hit some pretty cool-looking stuff. Kenny always just hits his stuff beautifully. Um, Some great dives. Rises the Terminator to the outside is always a treat to see. And like I say, Joey's facials throughout it are just spot on. That's one of his strengths for sure. And he does a lovely elbow drop. Um, And that's what makes a wrestler one of my favorites is doing a good elbow drop.
0: Yeah, Joey does a great job of selling the story of the match with his Mm. face. Yeah. There are a few bits in this that uh, they kind of tease and you kind of know they're not going to happen. For instance, they pulled the steps away from the ring. Right. And obviously they're a bit triangular and pointy. And Kenny climbs up to the top of them and he's got Jerry Janella, and he's threatening the one winged angel. And it's like, well, there's there's (laughs) clearly nowhere to bump the guy. (laughs) So we we know that's not going to happen. And also, I will point out the very rough table bump. Um, They set it up and they bait it a lot throughout the match, which is absolutely fine. That's working. I want Mm -hmm. that. When Kenny does finally go over the ropes and through it, Mm -hmm. uh, he's going through it the wrong way. Yeah, no, I don't mean he's going from the floor up through a table. <laughs> yeah. I mean the table the table is set up the wrong way, so he's going through it metal trim first. Yeah. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> and the commentators didn't even point that out. They were no, just like, Oh, no. table spot.
1: Yeah, normally it's going to be all over that, wouldn't it? Yeah.
0: No, that was that was rough. Fun match. Definitely a fun match. Hmm. But Like I say, the backward booking of the last one does make you kind of think sometimes. Yep, maybe they got it a bit backwards. But interestingly, Excalibur, perhaps an attempt to cover that, he describes Kenny Omega as a temporal wizard. (laughs) There you go. Who knew? So perhaps this was the first match. Yeah. And the match he had two weeks ago against Joey was the... That was the blow-off to end the go. feud. Explained. So it makes it alright. So cheers Excalibur. The answer to this one is time travel. Yeah, as always. JR perhaps not so good at predicting the future though when he says Joey Janella may be one of the biggest stars in the near future. Oh, JR ruined it. Or not.
1: Yeah. Or not. Oh, it's a shame, isn't it?
0: This was my favourite one. Like, Kenny Kenny is... You know, they're trying to have a normal match and it's getting heated and... They describe I mean Kenny Kenny, as we've called him a few times, Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. because he, he is quite good at foresight, seeing things come in, reacting very quickly to them. That's that's his big strength. Well, that's because he's a time traveller. Well that's it, he's seen it all before, isn't he? Yeah, he has. But JR, out of nowhere goes uh, Joey Janella, thinking man's wrestler. <laughs> is he? <laughs> I'm sorry though, he's not, is he? <laughs> no,
1: no, no, not Joey Janella. No, he, he jumps off the roofs through
0: Glassing cars. Yeah, his his whole thing is reactive. Yeah, and he's going to bring it at the expense of himself. Hmm. So, but hey, look, Jr. He is still the greatest wrestling commentator of all time, and yeah. and part of being the greatest wrestling commentator of all time is being there, present at all things for thirty five years plus. Yes, um, you're gonna get it wrong every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, The ending of this is is pretty much as you imagined. Once again, Kenny Omega wins. Mm-hmm. So um, the whole big thing with this is Kenny is a journeyman wrestler. He's a working man. He puts in the time. He gets the stats on the board. And after a bit of a rough start in AEW, he's now got two solid wins on the board. But does he? Because the first one is unsanctioned. True. Yeah, that doesn't, doesn't count. It doesn't count. This match also
1: has the first of many Falcon Arrows that we'll see throughout the evening
0: i clocked that there in the last three matches of the night i didn't clock there was one in this match yeah jerry does one so the last four matches <laughs> jesus all right well we'll get to that later we will get to that later let's just do a quick sponsored segment It wouldn't be a podcast without a sponsored segment. This episode is sponsored by independent publishers, B-Star Kissy Press, who helped me publish my first novel and my second novel and a few short stories and also my wife's novels. They are all currently available on Amazon and Kindle tablet or app. Just go on Amazon. Everyone knows what Amazon is. And search Not in the Eye or author name CZ Hazard or Nico Resnick on Amazon. So we go from that, the first singles match of the night, to a Cody promo. Cody Rhodes. Yeah. He's, he's, well, he tries to do a promo, doesn't he? He does, I actually quite like this, because he, he's come out, uh, the crowd are going, and then they've jumped to adverts. Yeah. And rather than just ignoring it and just pretending that you're taking four minutes to get the match going and warming up, he, he, just like Moxley last week, he does draw attention to it, tries to cut a promo over it. I do have a question, though. So he goes out... Someone in the crowd Mm. says he's going to say a joke. So Cody goes out for the joke. And instead, the person in the crowd asks, you were going to tell a joke about Bernard the Business Bear.
1: Bernard the Business Bear. Uh,
0: Can you explain this? So Bernard the Business Bear.
1: Yes, I can, oddly. (laughs) Yeah, Bernard Bernard the Business Bear was part of Cody's entourage uh, for a while on the indies. And he was a big like mascot bear in a suit. And he used to come out with Cody, and he was Bernard the business bear. It's a bit like we were speaking about um, Simon Diamond the other week when his weird entourage. Obviously, Cody I love was shit was, entourage. Yeah, was trying with that, and yeah, he yeah, had Bernard the business bear for a bit. Never appeared in AEW, unfortunately. But um, yeah, on on the India, I think he had him in Ring of Honor around that when he was sort of around that time when he was doing Ring of Honor stuff. He yeah, had Bernard the business bear. I don't know what the joke was going to be about him,
0: but. Yeah. So that wasn't the gimmick they offered Adam Cole if he'd stayed in WWE. <laughs> Maybe it was, yeah. So a uh, really fun little bit here. I always like to point out the things in wrestling that you see or hear that you shouldn't see or hear. Mm-hmm. And just, we've got Tony in the ring with a mic in hand. Tony is just about to cut to a promo and you can hear very faintly yeah. on the fight stream, someone go, all right, Tony, we're back. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. <laughs> I don't know why that stuff tickles me so much, but it always does. But
1: Tony's straight in, ever the professional, didn't,
0: didn't mess around. He's a pro. yeah. Especially when he's got another Tony in his ear telling him what to do. <laughs> That's it. What we have here is we have Tony Schiavone and Cody Rhodes trying to do a promo in the ring, as mm-hmm. you do. Cody's suited and booted as he likes to be when he cuts the old promos. Yeah. But instead, we get a lot of air horns and it soon becomes apparent... That they are coming from the inner circle.
1: But before that happens, Cody is about to announce something that's quite important. And it never gets announced at this stage. It does come later, but it's a bit of foreshadowing to something that happens with Cody's character going forward. And he was about to
0: announce that at this point that it didn't happen because of the interruption. So bear that in mind. You know what? I think I'm so programmed by 30 years of watching WWE... That I didn't think he actually had something to announce. Oh, okay. No, there is there, is, there was something. Right, yeah. okay. There is something there. Okay. But he can't announce that because instead Jericho is trampling all over him. As Jericho has had a want to do the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. I quite like the bit where Cody referenced the invisible wall.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: There isn't a wall between us and you up there. I can climb over these barriers, walk up these steps and waffle the piss out of you. And he does
1: well, yeah. But you know he's not going to do it on his own, is he? Because he's
0: outmanned and outgunned. Yep, Jericho does point out the math. It's four against one. Uh, there was an explanation for where Jake Hager was, but I didn't care enough to listen. What
1: was there though? They just said Jake Hager's not here this week. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was the explanation. Yeah, not like oh he's tra- he's training for an MMA fight
0: or anything like that. He's just not here. I think he was selecting a hat.
1: Yes, he does like a hat, doesn't he?
0: Because he, he has been favouring his his hats weekly. He's a little
1: bit, little bit Samson with a hat. Because since he's had that purple hat, he's shown a bit of personality. And, you know, a bit of pizzazz. I think if he hasn't got the hat, you get
0: rubbish, boring Jake Hay. But when he's got a bucket hat on, he's got a little something about him. I mean, I don't want to get too distracted. Because if I, if I go off on a tangent here and talk about Dalton Castle against Jericho on this week's Dynamite... <laughs> And how the boys from Dalton Castle beating the crap out of Jake Hager outside the ring for a good five minutes might have been my favourite spot involving Jake Hagar ever. It was good. And then I'm going to go on to Divergent and point out that Dalton Castle was once numbered 15 on the PWI Top 500. Oh, And go. That Dalton That's Castle fact. for me is the best guy to come out of Ring of Honor in years and his match on Dynamite was the best exposure he's got. If we were to mention Dalton Castle and I went on that tangent I wouldn't be able to keep talking about Cody Rhodes versus Unicircle. So let's cut back to 2019. Right, yeah, it's a nice little jump forward. Seriously though, Dalton Castle, so good. He's good, isn't he? He's great, I love him. (laughs) He's really, really good. Cody Rhodes needs some reinforcements. Why then, Pete, does Dustin Rhodes come out to the Green Day track from the Godzilla album?
1: Brain Stew, it is very similar, isn't it?
0: It is. It really is. That is his music. Yeah. And we listen to that album a lot, so I think we would know.
1: It's a good album, that
0: Was it just... It was the only album we had for like two weeks or something. It
1: must have been. But it's just belting it. You've got, you've got Green Day on it. You've got that good Puff Daddy song, where he rips off the Led Zeppelin riff. You've got Ben Folds are on it, Silverchair, Food Fighters. like It's exclusive tracks from a lot of these people as well. Good
0: album. It's a great album. Plus, you have also got that Rage Against the Machine song where they talk all about crass Hollywood movies just trying to make people (laughs) buy shit they don't need. (laughs) And and no one noticed. (laughs) Um, If you're just joining us, welcome back to the Dalton Castle and Godzilla podcast. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, there's there's too many of those out there to be honest.
0: Yeah, it is. The market is a bit swamped. Mm. We should do a we should do an AEW rewatch podcast instead. Yeah, we'll do that instead. The, there's none of those around. Nah. So after after we get Green Day, Dustin, we get MJF.
1: Mm-hmm. But you didn't see the next person coming, did you?
0: <laughs> no, but I loved it. Next, we get the star of Ready to Rumble. <laughs> it's him. It's him. It's DDP. Now one thing I will point in this, I didn't I didn't notice until the replay later in the show. Obviously, what happens is they storm up to the box, mm-hmm. the inner circle hide in a room, even though you know they're the greatest, hardest people of all time. Yeah. Cody Rhodes punches through the glass like a Terminator, and then they all have a big schmoz fight around the venue. Um, obligatory attitude era fight at the concession stand yeah. all very entertaining if you're there you've seen it a dozen times so it's fine nothing wrong with it. I noticed that Jericho looks a bit like he's crying at certain points throughout the concession stand fight.
1: He doesn't like to see ice cream go to waste and he, he was very close to that ice cream truck being knocked over so it got me a bit emotional
0: that's that's as good an explanation as we're likely to get I think yeah. but if you watch carefully on the slow motion when Cody Rhodes punches through the glass right. obviously it's fake glass we get yeah. it Some of it goes straight in Jericho's eye. Oh, wow, okay. So Jericho, actually, the rest of that segment where they're fighting through the arena and up the top, Jericho has, like, admittedly, it's going to be something like sugar glass. Yeah. But in his eye. Yeah, it's still something in your eye, isn't it? It doesn't matter what it is. It's not nice. But he completes the segment. So respect to uh, Jericho there. And definitely go back and if you slow-mo it, you can actually see the glass go in Mm. back and to the left. <laughs> Back and to the left, what a DDP chant we get though at the point where he yeah, first comes out. It's great, is it? He never had that in all his time in WCW. Even when he was the champion, he didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So it's it's a bit of a waffly piss segment. It is a crowd pleaser. It is. It does feel to a certain degree like they are just buying time with this one. Something they didn't really establish.
1: Did Chris Jericho have a ticket at all? I don't think it was mentioned. <laughs>
0: My next note I was just to re- about to read was Jericho overplaying tickets. So, um, <laughs> like, why would he need one? He's the champ. <laughs> if you if you go to a sporting ar- arena and you get in a fight with one of the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the team members and you have a big fight all the way through the arena into the concession stand, if the police show up, as long as you show them you've got a ticket, they will instead arrest the performer. That's it. Lick it. Stick it on your head. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll remember that one if I ever get in a fight at, hmm. uh, worth at an arena with a sports star. We also get a good solid minute where Jericho's trying to kind of sign off the segment and the commentators do the best to go, oh my God, these are the ramifications of that. And instead, all you can hear is Tang Ortiz screaming <laughs> about he's the best. <laughs> That's his line. At least he is on brand. Yeah, he's
1: consistent.
0: Hey, Pete, how about a tag match? All right, we've not had many of those, so let's have one. Okay, we are going to have... The best friends versus Young Bucks in a just for fun tag match. Although I suppose technically, this is the consolation playoff for losing the tournament. True. Yes. So that's that's how we're going to look at that, and we are going to bookend this with who's your favourite. So let's start, Pete. Yes. Who's your favourite, Trent? Right. Is it Resner, Terence, Darby, Trent Seven? <laughs> Trent Beretta or Stoke-on? <laughs> oh, God. It is Trent Barretta, but I'm going with Stoke-on
1: just because I didn't see that coming. I should have. <laughs> gotcha.
0: Good. That's the whole point of these segments. <laughs> I like it. Talk us through this tag team match.
1: You see, when I saw this match was happening, I was like, here we go. It's the Young Bucks versus the Best Friends. This will be the match where Sid goes, yeah, Best Friends. Chuck's alright. But he's shit again at the start. He just doesn't give a damn. I'm like, Chuck, come on. I'm, I've got your back, but you're not helping me out here, mate. You, you just look, again, he was a bit like Private Party earlier. He was just really lazy. He gets into it later, but yeah, at the start, I was like, for fuck, why every week are you letting me down, Chuck?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trent Trent needs to cut the dead weight. He's so much better than this, and to mm. to think he's still doing this for years on. I mean, there was a
1: a time in AW where they they did kind of put Chuck on the back burner and they put uh, Trent with Rocky, who was they were a team in New Japan as well, and that's a better team, I think. Obviously, is a better team. Rocky has a lot of commitments to New Japan, so he can't be there all the time. But you just have Trent a solo guy now. I mean, I I love best friends like in new japan they were great together but yeah chuck ever since he's been in aw he's just he hasn't had it he does have a little a good little run uh against proud and powerful santana ortiz later on that's that's a great angle he works hard in that but for the most part he's just i don't know why he's there and i know he did have a bit of crisis of confidence before uh, aw was a thing i know he tried to get hired by wwe they showed no interest in him which you know maybe if he acted like he acts at this point that's why um and maybe he just his confidence wasn't there and that's why he wasn't trying as hard but yeah trent is still really good uh, even after his sort of neck surgery he's he's still great um and i think he deserves a bit better than what chuck's given him these days
0: yeah it's weird because i was expecting you to turn me around on best friends and instead i seem to have turned you around Against Chuck Taylor, yeah. No,
1: that's the thing. I I will always love him just because I've seen more good than bad, and there is some good stuff to come with them. But um, yeah, it's 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 hard watching it because I am so high on them, and I know how good they can be together. And it's just, especially on these early shows, it's it's just not there. From and it, it is all Chuck. Like Trent's working hard, and he's doing well. Yeah, it's just Chuck's letting the team down at this stage.
0: I mean, I am going to compare Chuck to uh, Orange Cassidy, who is obviously out Mm. ringside with the crowd at this point. And that's, to me, the crowd are red hot for Orange Cassidy at this Mm -hmm. point. They've not seen him much. They want to see more he gets the biggest pop in this match when he does the top turnbuckle dive to the outside yeah, yeah. with his hands in the pockets. Nearly nearly eats concrete. like he, The way he hits people, he does then kind of go face forward yeah. into the mat and he hasn't obviously got his hands there to brace him, but he fully commits to that bit. I think when you've got an opportunity, you have to grasp it, as I've said, but yeah. if you're going to try and do the kind of I'm the carefree joking guy mm-hmm. that Chuck likes to do, you actually have to back that up by being better than everyone and working really hard. The only reason the boys out the back put up with Orange Cassidy mm. doing his hands-in-the-pocket shtick and giving them comedy kicks to their shins yeah. is because they know he's worked fucking hard to mm. get there. And yeah. he is absolutely fantastic in that ring. When when Orange Cassidy goes, oh, he yeah. goes. Yeah, it's next-level stuff. And I just, for me, Chuck doesn't I don't like to say, I don't want to rag on the guy who's had a crush of confidence, but I'm sure he doesn't give a shit about my opinion anyway. (laughs) He he needs to be putting more in, more in the gym, more in his diet, more in the ring. And then you can play the part of someone who's laid back, casual, and doesn't... Yeah,
1: I mean, this was such a match where he could have sold himself as well, because Best Friends and Young Bucks, they're no strangers to each other. They've wrestled each other all over the place. So this... Could have been an easy night for him to look good. You know, all these guys know each other so well, know each other's moves. And he, this was his chance, his first big chance in the company, I think, to really stand out and show what he's capable of. And yeah, it just it wasn't there.
0: Of course, best friends don't win this match because somebody did kick out of the Falcon Arrow.
1: Nobody kicks out the Falcon Arrow, though. Than if you've because heard
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> young bucks win this match, it's a nice clean finish, it's a strong finish, it puts the bucks over. Yep. Um, this is what you need to do, obviously. When they went out of the tag team tournament, as they did, you do need to then get them back in the ring, get a few quick fire wins under the belt, uh, yeah, just so they don't lose face in front of the crowd. That's fine. It's a shame it's happening at the expense of the best friends, but you'll work with what you've got, yeah. But that's enough for that match, Pete. If we're not loving Chuck Taylor and he is no longer your fave Chuck, who is? Is it Chuck Taylor, Chuck Palumbo, Chucky, the horror toy from the movie franchise, Chuck Norris, Chucky Egg, Chuck Russell, who directed the Scorpion King movie? Nice. Or is your favourite Chuck everyone that Silla Black ever met? <laughs> That's a good one.
1: I like Chuck D. Head from D. Cap Attack the Sega Mega Drive game.
0: I remember that. I always wanted to rent it and I never did. I I owned it because uh that's the type of guy I was. Of course it's one of about 4000 games I have on an emulator that I never play. So... Yeah, but you've got the option, you know, you could maybe I'll get to that. It's
1: nice to know it's there.
0: So what was his name again? It was
1: Chuck, Chuck D Head. Head, yeah. you
0: he could have also had Chuck Rock.
1: Yes. He was another good video game Chuck.
0: Yes, but don't get it on the Mega Drive because the dinosaurs didn't pull on the Mega Drive. Yeah, well. no, what? No, I'm out. So we get a bit of a quick, happy, smiley Britt Baker promo. Um, very yes. 90s TV gladiators, this one.
1: Yeah. I mean, we didn't mention at the start of the show, we're, we're in Pittsburgh um, for this show, um, which is, as we all know now, it is the home of Dr. Britt Baker. Changed to Britsburg when she's in attendance. But yeah, it was a very, um, they're still pushing Britt, aren't they? Is that uh, cookie cutter face at this point, doing everything they can to get that over. Um, you know, the crowd were into her. So I guess it worked to a point.
0: Yeah, you're right. We didn't do the where and when at the top of the show. So we're in Pittsburgh, which is fine. We've got that established now. And as I said, Britt Baker doing quite quite a 90s style promo. Now, if they were to go full Gladiators and do an interview with Britt Baker by a canal, as they always did on yeah. Gladiators, would it be a root canal? Oh,
1: it's good. Yeah, it would. One of
0: many dentist puns. I like still it. still to come.
1: Yeah, and they're not just going to be used to uh, fill time.
0: Hey, hmm. there's a gimmick. Put that on the... <laughs> fill list. time. Yes, yeah. fill time. We go straight from the Brit Baker promo into a Brit Baker match, and she is against Jamie Hater. This is the first yeah in Jamie Hater or Proto Jamie Hater, as we should call her, perhaps.
1: If. They hadn't announced her as Jamie Hater, say she was using a different name at this point. You wouldn't know, would you? She's like nothing like the Jamie Hater we know and love now.
0: Yeah, she is. There are glimpses if mm. you know you can see it. But uh, yeah, I think if I didn't know, um, I wouldn't know. Um, and I thought I'd check online because, obviously, Jamie Hayter, she's uh, she's a Southampton girl. She's worked the UK Indies for years. Yeah. I thought I'd check online and see if she ever did any work for our old company, Bauer. Okay. Uh, but no, because she was only seven when it started. Brilliant. And she's only 24 in this match as well.
1: Blimey. Yeah, she was uh, she was wrestling for Stardom um, at this point, which they mentioned. She'd done, uh, obviously, stuff in the UK. Rev Pro, she was uh, a part of for a number of years. Um, but yeah, she was she was in stardom. They make a mention that she's B Priestley's tag partner. Um, Britt Baker was funeral with Bree at the moment, so it made sense to bring her in. Um, Jamie Hayter wasn't signed to the company at this point. Um, she was sort of working primarily for stardom. Um, and I think they did have plans to use her a bit more. They did use her for a few bits and pieces here and there. But then uh, once COVID hit, she uh, obviously couldn't get to work. She wasn't living in the States at this point. Um, so, yeah, she eventually gets back to the company, as we know. But, yeah, there's there's not many Jamie Hayter appearances at this point. And like I say, she's wearing sort of all black. She's got sort of dark and blonde hair. Um, she looks totally different. Um, she was a, a bit bigger at this point as well. Um, she's always been a, a bit of a power wrestler. Um, but, yeah, to see her now, how polished everything about her is, her look, her sort of character work, its it's night and day from seeing her here. Um, and then seeing her now,
0: yeah, she probably weighs the same or similar now, but it's just it, it's distributed into yeah, yeah, into the places you'd want it to be for a powerhouse wrestler. Yes. It's not like she's she's not fat or anything. Oh, no, no, match. No, no, she, no, she's just she's just she's against Britt Baker, which doesn't help because Britt's incredibly like slim and toned, yeah, yeah. But what I like is she plays it a nice old school British wrestling heel, yes, um, oh, yeah, right, including I've not seen this spot for years, she does a wet willy. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, you know, I'm sure everyone knows what a wet willy is, but should someone not, it's where you wet a finger in your mouth and stick it in someone's ear. Mm-hmm. It's a playground thing. That's where we're taught it. We're taught it at school in the UK from a young age. Um but you did used to see it crop up on like world of sport wrestling from time to time. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that in a wrestling match for years. That brought a big smile to my face. <laughs> okay. Here's an interesting one for you as well, of course. Jamie Hater is a UK wrestler. She is obviously quite pale, especially at this point. She's more tan these days. Yeah. So you've got a pale Brit wrestler, female uh-huh. Brit wrestler, and her real name is Paige. Page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Felt the same. Yeah. It's, it's odd, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't <laughs> yeah. So I, I found it interesting that her first match in AW is against the person she's been. Yeah. Yeah. She is now known as teaming with. Britt Baker, long past that storyline probably should have turned into something else. Yeah, because it was in twenty twenty two a few weeks back, they were at odds and she wouldn't talk to her in the arenas. But now everything's fine again.
1: Yeah, but Britt Baker, I'm um, sorry, um, Jamie Hair at the moment is I don't think she's been sort of hotter as far as fan reactions go. So I, you know maybe it's. Worked out a bit better, but they yeah they need to pull the trigger on that sooner than later. I think
0: they definitely do. And we should also mention just how good Jamie Hater is. She is oh she's great. Favorite women's wrestler they've got at the minute. She is incredibly competent. She can work stiff, but I think she's actually quite safe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Everything she does is believable. She's got a good vice. She's confident. She looks good. And push her to the moon. You could especially with against Brit at the minute, but. I think this is the problem when you have interim women's championships. Well, yeah. when you have interim belts in general, mm-hmm. like Tony Storm's doing a good job with the belt, but we are kind of in limbo now until Fonderosa comes back and you have that unification. Yeah, I,
1: the the whole interim champion, it doesn't matter who it is that is the interim champion. It, it's still They still aren't the champion, are they? It's always got that little caveat to it, and it's not quite as good. to to be the interim champ as it is to be the the full-on undisputed champion. So yeah, I think if Jamie does get it, I'd I'd like her to get it as a, she's the champ not the interim.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, given how many belts there are in AEW it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have a belt disappear off screen for three or four months. Yeah.
1: Just focus on one of the others for a bit.
0: That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Mm. I mean, it's not like Moxley's the interim tag champion now. They just Punk's been suspended, they just took the belt off him. And that's yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. Much better, because you yeah. can actually do storylines with her. Um, anything from this match you'd like to talk
1: through? One thing I did notice, and I even noticed this in the, the hype package uh, for Britt. They kept showing her doing the sling blade, and she's just not very good at doing that move. And even in the hype package, which is meant to be like these really like great moments of it, she just hits that. So sloppy, and I'm I'm used to seeing Tanahashi do it, and obviously Tanahashi is a next level wrestler. But yeah, says I I don't think that should be one of her moves because it it never looks great when she does it, um, and that that stood out to me, um, in the the pre-packaging and in the match she gives a hay one to the outside, and it's just oh, it's not not quite crisp enough.
0: I think that was supposed to be the big reversal spot in the match as well. Like Jamie right. hayter has been a bit of a house on fire from the start. This is Britt Baker's turnaround for the match. This is the big kind of turn towards the face shine. Mm. And like you say, it's just, even outside the ring, it's just a bit sloppy. Yeah. It, it kind of almost looked like a botch. Mm. If you didn't have Excalibur saying, oh, Sling Blade, it, it would be easy to not know what it was.
1: Yeah, yeah it's a shame. It is a shame.
0: But it's, it's still
1: odd seeing Britt doing this Face gimmick, especially like we said the other week, when she finishes and does the uh, the the fingers in the mouth bit. It's like it's just not face Brit, (laughs) but we get there
0: eventually. No, (laughs) but it is quite brave because um, I did notice that JB Hater is missing a few teeth in this. Right, okay, and most Americans wouldn't dare put their fingers in an English person's (laughs) mouth. So she is, she is actually the hero face in this match. Yes, definitely. just for doing that. <laughs> um, do you think? Do you think Brit Baker is the one who sorted out Jamie Hater's gnashes?
1: Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Maybe that's why Jamie Hater hasn't like kicked it to the curb yet. She's still got a few medical bills to pay. It's like I'll just get this polished off, get my discounts and my work finished. You'd like to think she uh she helps everyone backstage, old Brit. You think she have a very busy dental practice?
0: Yep, yeah, it's a good point. It's well made. It's I like the way you're thinking through, like her real world job to mm. her wrestling profession. All very clever and thought out. But can you explain what Rebel is for? Rebel, not Reba. Not really. I can't. I was I was watching this
1: when I was watching this today. I was trying to think when Rebel bought in. It must be when Brit goes heel. And the reason why, I just can't remember what it is. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, Rebel was in um, TNA. She was part of a um, like circus freak faction for a bit. Very PC. Yeah, she never really set the world on fire or anything.
0: I keep waiting for her to do something.
1: Yeah, I know she was signed partially to help with makeup and stuff backstage. She's She's involved in that. Um, and obviously she's got that wrestling background as well so I guess she gets used as a character but yeah, I'm I'm going to be interested to see why and how she gets brought in because I really can't remember but she's always just been there for for the past couple of years and I can't remember the reasoning behind it so that'd be good to see
0: and another thing that defies explanation is after this match when uh, Britt Baker's got that nice clean finish um, why then does Brandy come out and attack for no reason.
1: Brandy. There's no reason behind anything she does. This this is leading up to some of the most weird, odd things involving Brandy Rhodes that we're going to see in AEW. It's so weird and it makes no sense and everyone hates it and it's going to be great to see it happen again.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Does she just hate women? Is my
1: question. <laughs> she, well, I don't know. I don't know if she th- what she thinks. How she thinks. I don't want to be able to think like that. It's just, it's, it's mayhem. That's all I'm going to describe it as.
0: It reminds me of that great Family Guy uh, moment in the Star Wars special when Lois Griffin is Princess Leia is introduced to another female as the only other female <laughs> in the galaxy, <laughs> yeah. and she goes, "Hello." I hate her. <laughs> so we're on to the main event now. It is Pack versus Mox, the battle of the three-lettered named wrestlers. Yeah. And talk about hitting the ground running poor Moxley he can't even get to the ring before he gets jumped
1: back. no he gets beaten up doesn't he not something you often see uh with Mox fighting from the back foot it's a, a bit of a, a rarity for him
0: I can see why they did it because they were a bit <clears throat> short on tv time remaining at this point yeah the match itself is a bit fight dive fight dive fight
1: mm. Mox fighting from the back that's not something we often see um it's not always going to work for his character to be doing that, but against someone like Pack, it's fine because Pack is a bastard, um, fact. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's two of their kind of most protected people at this point in the company. Um, they pretty much still are to this day, really. Um, both guys still very strong. John Moxley, for me, is the the MVP of AW on the whole. He's just, even though he had that bit of time off to to deal with his personal stuff, he's he came back jump straight back in where he left off and has been an amazing amazing talent for the company but yeah this match at this time was they two kind of their two aces who weren't part of the elite really um and seeing them have this match which was um teething time remaining that gets brought up a lot jr very excited he likes that he's mentioned that before on previous shows that he likes a, a time limit uh remaining match which adds that extra bit of suspense to it it's like these wrestlers have to hit everything they can hit in the time they've got left to win. Um, and they do, they do. Like you say, it is very back and forth, uh, a lot of in and out of the ring stuff. Um, Pack is just so good. He takes the the original version of the Dirty Deeds, that forward um, sort of slam to the head into the mat. But he takes it on the, the apron and spikes himself. And that just looked horrendous. But Pack can just sell things like no one else. It's just great to see.
0: Pack is brilliant. And we get an honest to God, Texas Cloverleaf. Yeah. And a, and a Dean Malenko shout out. Yes, How we do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very, very good.
0: I think you're absolutely right. I think the uh, TV time remaining does give this match some much needed urgency because we have already had a fighting around the arena segment mm. yeah. in the show less than an hour ago. So it does need something that's just going to give it that kind of let's get it going. Yeah. And and before you know it before you have even really settled into the match we get a 5 minute remaining announcement. Mm. Yeah. And the crowd don't seem that happy by that which I mean I get that the crowd want to see these guys fight. Yes. But the the 4 minute and then the 3 minute the 2 minute the 1 minute it's all pushed when it needs to be pushed and it just, the the sense of urgency from Mox and Pac to get the match wrapped up Mm. is fantastic. Um, And it does build towards a finish where you think someone's going over, but no, no, there's a kick out and the clock runs out. So it's a bit different to that Cody Rhodes, Darby Allen match from pre-Dynamite days where it was like one, two time limit.
1: Yeah. I mean, Mox hitting with the, the paradigm shift with like ten seconds to go. By the time we covered, Pac kicked out. There was like three seconds left. It's like, well, there's nothing I can physically do now to beat him. It's just fuck. What? What? Oh well, <laughs> I've lost. And Mock sells it perfectly. He looks so pissed off. It's like, oh, damn it, I just want to keep going. I know I can beat him. Um, yeah, it was great. Another thing before we sort of wrap up the match, there's something Pack always does, and I love it. It's like a lot of high flyers, they'll go up to a top rope and then they'll just do their move off. Pack will always steady himself and kind of make himself look like this could go terribly wrong at any second, but I'm going for it. And it just adds that extra bit of realism. I know he could go up to the top rope and jump straight off into his 450s and black arrows and stuff, but he adds that little extra bit to it. And he, he still does it to this day and I love it. It's, it just adds the... You know, the dangerousness of his moves to, to what he does. I, I like it a lot.
0: Pack is great, there's no doubt. Do you know the one thing that I think this match actually needed um, is a, a primer, a kind of a recap. Um, right. And obviously they were short for time. Mm. But you could have done it earlier in the show. You could have, could yeah. have done it as your second segment to, tag, yes. to break up the tag matches. Just have a little something to kind of go, hey, this is what Pack and Mox have been doing to each other over the last few weeks. Yeah. Because like this this is a hot match with a hot start, but the crowd could potentially be cold for it, more so the viewing audience. If you've paid to go to the event, you're probably well up on what's happening in AEW. But watching from home, if you didn't know the last few weeks of stuff, they didn't they didn't really tell you anything about the match.
1: Yeah, we're only four Dynamites in, aren't we? You know, This could be someone's first Dynamite. They might have heard a bit of buzz. Oh, the first three were brilliant. You need to watch it this week. So, yeah, it would have been helpful for sure. They're still getting new views in at this point. I'm
0: no doubt about it. Something you used to hear in wrestling and in comics all the time was this could be someone's first match yeah, yeah. yeah. S- yeah. slash issue. Hmm. And it seems that both industries have forgotten that. Yeah. And instead, both industries they just focus on producing more and more content to try and take every penny from the hardcore fans they have got remaining, rather than trying to build a new crowd. Yeah. And like AEW, they're only four years old. They still need to be building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about think about where where the first four years of Vince McMahon owning WWE. Mm, yeah, and the, the the way he changed the entire industry. Oh yeah, completely. AEW hasn't hasn't really grown its fan base enough yet. They still need to be doing more. Yeah, and the way to do that, of course, is to tell people: here's this guy, here's the other guy, here's why they don't like each other, and here's the rules of the match. Yes, and you just you just don't get that anymore, and it's such a shame.
1: And especially now they've they've like Tony Khan's bought Ring of Honor. A lot of the guys he's got in the company in AEW. Did have their starts in Ring of Honor, so you you can go back further with the footage and like show stuff from their earlier days. So he's he's got and he's got like three years of AEW footage now, so he, he can do it. He's got the the stuff there to to put these things together.
0: And credit credit to them actually for doing exactly that thing you just mentioned on this week's Dynamite in twenty twenty two. Yeah. Where they did use the Ring of Honor footage to yes. showcase what the belt meant, who's held it. They even showed CM Punk, yeah, uh, which yeah. makes me think they might be close to a negotiation. I could be wrong on that one, but but also it sold Dalton Castle. They took the time to explain who Dalton Castle mm. was, which was great. More of that kind of thing, please. Yeah, the audience, as we said, it the time limit draw happens. The crowd aren't happy with the time limit draw. Um, You do get an extra six minutes or so on Fight TV after they've gone off air. Yes, you do. I like that. I I love that you get those extra bits Mm -hmm. because we don't need to be shackled to network television run times anymore. We can do this. Yeah. And if you've ever seen wrestling before, especially if you've seen wrestling live, you know that it doesn't really matter what the TV finishes. There will be something to send the crowd home happy. Yeah, exactly. So after it's gone off air and the crowd are a bit boo... You get Kenny Omega run out. And then Adam Page runs out. And um and under Jericho, who is the kind of he is the champion, he is on the next level at this yep. point. These are the four. At this yes. point in AEW, these four are the guys. That's it. Um you talk about the pillars and the new guys they've created now. Mm-hmm. It's a bit different. But back then, Kenny Omega, Adam Page, Moxley, Pack. Yeah. Doesn't get better than that.
1: Well yeah, if you can't build a company around those four, you've You've got a problem.
0: And what what I liked about this ending is this gives them, one, you're sending the crowd home happy. Yep. But if you're doing your job right, next week's Dynamite, episode five, Mm -hmm. hey guys, this is what happened when we went off air last week. And it's a really easy recap.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: I hope they do that. I've got a feeling they probably won't. Mm. But you have the two to five seeded guys in the ring, in a company where wins and losses matter. Yep. The champ is protected by not being involved. And it's such a shame that um, maybe it's because they're off air, but the, the crowd was actually quite flat for this bit. Yeah, um, they were a
1: bit. I, I just think they were still reeling from the time limit draw. I mean, especially at this point, wrestling fans aren't used to something like that, especially on sort of mainstream American wrestling. That That's not a thing. And I think they either expect a clean finish or a screwy finish or a disqualification or something, any of that they'd have probably been happy with but a time loop draw or a count out or something like that, it's just they're not conditioned to it and they don't see the benefit of it as such Yeah. Um, so yeah, they were a bit salty about that.
0: No, I totally agree so in conclusion, AEW Dynamite episode 4
1: yeah, I thought it was a, a definite step up from last week, um, like I said there were a, a couple of things that I wasn't so high on, the opening match Luchas versus Private Party I wasn't too high on, uh, but the other tag Tournament match I really enjoyed. That was my favourite match of the night. Um and every other match was was sort of good to decent. Um it was good. Um I like the fact we got that little Wardlow package because these first few shows now we're seeing the same people again and again and again. So it's nice to see they've got someone like Wardlow coming in, who is a complete unknown at this point. No one knew who Wardlow was. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the future shows where we get a few new faces cropping up now
0: yeah i pretty much agree with everything you said there it does feel like we're in a holding pattern yeah um full gear feels still quite far away yes um, because they've got like three three more dynamites between now and and that show and we do need something to come along and shake up the status quo yeah so i'm not i'm not expecting great things from the next few shows before Mm -hmm. full gear but we do have that tag match tournament and the crowning of the first yeah that's AEW big. tag team champion next week, so that that's a big deal. So there is definitely something there for next week. Yes, let's do best match
1: for me. It was uh, Sce versus Dark Order. I really enjoyed that match. I I sort of because I obviously know where the tournament goes. I could just sit and watch it as a as a tag match. The the fact that it was a tag tournament didn't really affect me in, in this watch. Um, so, yeah, that, it, it was that one. I, th- I thought everyone worked really well in that match, and I, I had a good time with that.
0: Yeah, that was that was my favourite. I wouldn't say any of them were my favourite match, but out of all the matches yeah, we've yeah. Got, we had, that was I felt that was the strongest, especially like once SCU got that momentum towards the end. That was really good. Um, MVP for the show? It, it
1: was very by the numbers from everyone. No one did anything overly out of the ordinary, so I'd probably give it to Scorpio just because he's keeping that momentum of, of looking like a star, being this sort of out-of-nowhere guy, really, for a lot of people. Uh, he looked great, so I'm going to go with Scorpio.
0: Yeah, this was a tricky one for me, and I actually wrote my MVP was the time limit draw. Right, okay. You don't have to send the crowd home happy every week. Mm. Like anything else, you have to you have to get it over before you can really use it properly. And And the word you used was perfect, conditioning. People aren't used to seeing a finish like this. They don't know what it is. Um, you have to retrain that. So, yeah, I'm going to give Time Limit draw the MVP of the show. Nice. So let's have a quick look at the Dark matches that were also recorded on this taping.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the start of Dark becoming the Dark we know, where there's... There's some names on it, but it's not like, oh, my God, this person's wrestling this person. I need to watch it. Um. So we had a tag team match, Dustin Rhodes and Sonny Kiss uh, against Peter Avalon and QT Marshall. Dustin Rhodes and Sonny Kiss went over on that one. Uh, you had a women's four-way match. Emi Sakura defeated Ali, Penelope Ford, and Sadie Gibbs. And there was a false count anywhere three-way match uh, between Darby Allen. He beat Jack Evans and Jimmy Havoc. So yeah, nothing really that I would say go out your way to watch this one. Yes, there's some decent wrestlers involved, but they're all a bit nothingy matches. Nothing, nothing to write home about.
0: Yeah, I think if I was going to watch one of them, it would be the Darby Allen match. Just because yeah. he wasn't on. He wasn't on this dynamite, mm-hmm. and you kind of you kind of miss him. You, you, having a a diabla match is good. I don't know who Sadie Gibbs is. Do they show up again later down the line? Yeah, I mean,
1: again with um, with dark, you do get some people that show up maybe for like a tryout um, just to see how they are. Uh, Sadie Gibbs, she's uh, uh, another English wrestler. Um, she's worked kind of all it in all the places you'd expect a female wrestler of the last sort of few years to wrestle really um she was close i think to signing a contract around this time with AEW but she didn't um <laughs> or or maybe she did and then then she left pretty quick there was there was something i i definitely remember her looking to sign, maybe signing, but then was gone again.
0: Could it be uh, another COVID fatality? I mean, I don't mean she died of COVID, but just in terms of... Possibly. I I
1: haven't heard her name in wrestling for quite some time. She was, like, had a bit of buzz about it, like she was showing up in a lot of places that you'd expect her to show up in, but yeah, there's not been a lot of talk about Sadie Gibbs, that I've heard anyway, um, in a little while, so maybe she's not involved or she's taken time off but yeah I've not not heard much about her uh, in recent years
0: cool so we're ending on uh, it's always a bit of a, a downbeat ending a bit of a flat ending to talk about the dark shows last but mvp scorpio sky or time limit draw best match scu versus dark order that was dynamite episode four thank you everyone for listening as always if you would like to follow us on social media where can they find you pete you can find me on myspace oh no that's that's a long time
1: ago you can find me on twitter at pitwa, on instagram at pitwa 80 uh, or you can look for uh, our page on Facebook, that is specially made for the podcast. If you search "Double View Wrestling Podcast" on Facebook, you'll find a little page. Give us a follow and comment and things that you do on the social media stuff.
0: Brilliant! And you can follow me on Twitter at cz hazard, which is my pen name. Plenty of Transformers toy photos and He-Man and other stuff. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at aew. So please do give us a follow, like, subscribe, upvote. But the best thing you can do to help the show grow is tell all your friends about us. Tell them to watch. No. The other Scrap one. That bit. Listen. We don't watch. <laughs> tell them to listen. Tell all your friends to listen to the show. Share it on social media. Help us get out there a bit more than we currently are. Thank you, everyone. We will be back in a week's time on Wednesday for another wrestling podcast. Yeah!